again, everyone, and welcome to This Week in the Bear Cave, still the show about nothing that talks about everything. And as always, I'm your host, Dennis Zero. This week, we're sponsored by Abode Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County, and Animus Wellbeing, a holistic approach to helping people achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life. So thanks again for spending some time with us this week. We have a pretty busy show lined up for you for your listening pleasure. We have Tommy Allen, who is running for Teller County Commission coming into the Bear Cave. And we also have a discussion with our title sponsor, Josh Dorsey from Abode Real Estate. He's going to be addressing some real estate issues. So anyway, let's get started. It is Veterans Day this week, and I want to personally thank my fellow brothers and sisters in arms, past, present, and future for their selfless service, and I honor you this week on our show. I also want to recognize and remember those who have gone before us, whom I personally serve with. There's damn few of us left. All right. Well, with that being said, let's get this party started. And uh, first of all, I mean, this should be maybe news of the weird, but uh, anyway, uh, along with with this story I'm about to talk about, uh, Vice President Obama Harris has reached a new low. The latest polls came out about the vice president's job performance, and it was at 26 percent, which I believe is the lowest rating of any vice president in history or since they started taking polls. But a couple of days ago, and you can't make this stuff up. So Obama paid a visit to NASA, and if this actually wasn't recorded, I wouldn't have believed it. But she said if they could use its satellites to track trees by race in various neighborhoods as part of an environmental justice program. No way. Oh, boy. During uh, recent displays on climate change leading to the ridicule that the president online was given, she was, I mean, it went so far as to say, you know, people were posting that black trees matter, you know, hashtags like that. but. Uh, Harris, who serves as the chair of the National Space Council, because that's inherently a, uh, a vice president's job, so to speak, or it's an assigned duty when they get into office. She visited the Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland last Friday, and she said to, quote, to see vital climate science work, end quote. As she met with scientists and engineers and received a firsthand look at how the climate is studied by the space program, as well as it provides data concerning planetary changes and their impacts, the vice president declared, quote, I truly believe space activity is climate action, end quote. So if you saw the clip online, uh, this is just another, another example of her stupid wokeness. And uh, what she said was, quote, can you measure trees part of the data that you're referring to and it's an it's an issue for environmental justice can you also track by race the average in terms of number of trees in the neighborhoods where people live end quote i I can only imagine that the person who was getting that question was just baffled so now we're trying to take as you know trees being planted in certain neighborhoods as environmental justice so if you live on the east side of town where all the rich white people live then you've got all these trees but if you live on the you know ethnic side or 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 whatever you know, those neighborhoods there's no trees so somehow this is is racist uh wow i mean to me it just boggles the mind and there were over a million views as of sunday afternoon after she made this this uh this stupid statement and, uh, you know, you get all the Twitter feeds where, I mean, people are just destroying her. I mean, this woman is a complete hack. And if it's if this is not an act, then she's a complete moron. Those are the sentiments written by a lot of intelligence officers as well. I mean, the example of wokeness is just beyond stupid in my mind. I mean, are you blaming someone for not planting trees in ethnic neighborhoods on purpose? Or, you know, are you thereby increasing the heat signature on those neighborhoods? I, I don't get it. I mean, if you if you own a house and you want to plant a tree, plant a tree, right? But somehow she's turning this around into some kind of environmental justice. Really? I mean, shouldn't you be worrying about the economy or actually going to the border like you said you were going to? She still hasn't gone down there. I, mean, I think I've been to the border more than Obama and Sleepy Joe combined. But uh, they're not addressing issues. They're, they're addressing all this wokeness and this ridiculous stuff. So, so this is what we're dealing with, people. I mean, these are the people that got elected into office. And all I can say is uh, I, I hope Joe survives the next three years because uh, his backup is, uh, it, it kind of scares the life out of me if you really consider, you know, who's got the second seat in our government. But uh, anyway. 
Speaking of uh, speaking of Joe, maybe we should rename Sniffy Joe's to uh, Stinky Joe. And you've probably heard the story already, but uh, allegedly uh, Joe broke some serious wind at an evening event during the COP26 Freedom Fest. And according to reports, uh, Camilla Bowles, you know, Prince Charlie's uh, bell at the ball, she uh, she heard Joe break some serious wind. And after she <laughs> after she heard Joe rip one. She was talking to her, you know, there's talk about, talk between her and some other attendees. It's like, uh, wow. I mean, no wonder his approval ratings is the lowest. Actually, he's, his approval rating right now is the second lowest in history. The uh, the Donald is the only one who had uh, a lower approval rating at 46%. And Joe is hovering somewhere around 48%. But uh, I don't know, maybe it was the men of Musil.ly had in the morning. I kind of loosened him up a little bit. Who, who knows? But uh, boy, these are the leaders that we have going on right now. And uh, the one thing that happened was Sleepy, he was able to pass uh, one bill finally. That was the infrastructure bill, which uh, we are all going to pay for. But uh, apparently the trillions of dollars in the other fake infrastructure bill that he is proposing has not uh, passed. And I, I don't think it's really moving forward that fast. But uh, this latest infrastructure bill, that was one that was passed uh, last summer. And it wasn't an overwhelming uh, amount of votes that uh, they got from either side. There were some Republicans that crossed over. There were some Democrats that crossed over. So, but anyway, they got that that passed. So I guess we're going to see what happens. And of course, the witch herself, Nancy Pelosi, Skeletor, is still trying to sell the American government on... A bill of goods that she says is free. And we all know that's complete nonsense. I mean, have you noticed lately that your taxes are starting to go up? Food costs, gasoline, all of these kinds of things. There's nothing free. We are paying for it. I mean, if you want to, here's, here's what you should do. Instead of paying for people's student loans and paying them off, why don't you pay off the medical bills for people who have cancer? Education is a choice. Cancer is not. Maybe you should do that, Joe. And that's, that's something I can get behind with as far as a, uh, a program. That's tax dollars being put to good use. But no, you would rather spend money on worthless programs and infrastructure bills, which the money really isn't going to infrastructure. You know, obviously, neither one of them, uh, either Joe or Obama, are going to go down to the border. So maybe they should go to L.A. and see the uh, all the uh, storage containers stacked four high and not moving anywhere. It's not that we don't have enough trucks. It's we don't have the drivers and we don't have the union drivers that are required to move all that uh, stuff out of Long Beach and onto your shelves. So don't be surprised if there's going to be some empty shelves for Christmas because it's already starting to happen. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's more important for Joe to go to COP26 Freedom Fest and let it rip. It just seems like all the priorities are messed up and uh, very little is going to infrastructure. But uh, if you really think about it, it's going to make you crazy. The fact that these two people are actually in charge and Congress and the Senate aren't doing much more. Yeah, they're not they're not doing much more to, to help the situation out because of all their infighting. So I guess we'll see what happens in the uh, midterms next year, because uh, I believe that's when the Donald said that he is going to announce whether he's going to run or not run for the presidency in 2024. A few months ago, I would have said, nah, Donald's not going to run anymore. He's he's going to go on because he's losing money. But uh, I'm not so sure anymore. Seems like uh, his ego will not allow him to sit on the sidelines. And because he's not in the spotlight right now, probably can't stand it. But uh, anyway, I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, when we come back, we are going to have a chat with Tommy Allen and find out what he's been up to and perhaps ask him a few questions about his vision for Teller County's future. So don't go away. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Taylor County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4444. 
888-345-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at C-S-A-B-O-D-E dot com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied. back to this week in the bear cave everyone and our guest this week is a, a friend of the bear cave been around for a while kind of uh got us started when we started this whole social experiment and that's uh mr tommy allen tommy welcome back thank to the you, bear cave thank you for having me back into the bear cave Happy well to be here. I, I gotta say that um you know when i when i first met you we were just kind of hanging out at the sheriff's office and i think it was doug and i were coming into possibly do a car show and that kind of thing and then we yeah. started talking about podcasts and i saw your equipment and it's like okay uh, he just pushed me over the edge. I, now I have to do it. And, uh, uh, quick plug, by the way, we are starting to do the sheriff's office podcast again. We uh, we took a break for a little while. We got a little busy, uh, but we are starting up again. Unfortunately, we did two episodes. Then I got COVID, which knocked me out for two weeks. But now we've got this week's recorded, which I should have out today. Well, today being the day that we're recording this, not the day that it goes out. <laughs> it goes out, I'm sure. Uh, and then another one uh, next week. So uh, yeah, we're we're back in action. Yeah, I've been I've been checking them out, and it's uh, it's always solid. But uh, yeah, you kind of you kind of gave us our base here, and uh, yeah, we certainly appreciate it. But uh, I was kind of surprised when it's like, hey, yeah, you hear about uh, Tom Allen? It's like, no, did he get killed or did he get COVID for the sixth time or what happened? I was like, no, he's running for Teller County Commissioner. It's like, yeah, whatever, yeah, sure, sure. But but you are, and and and, and here you are. So I got to ask you, um, what uh, what kind of precipitated that decision? So, um, you know, I've been a big supporter for law enforcement for forever. Um, gosh, I've been been volunteering for the sheriff's office for well, pretty much ever since uh, uh, Sheriff Mikesville became the sheriff. He and I have known each other for a long time. Uh, and uh, as much as I like the sheriff's office, I was I was watching some of the things that the country was doing with anti-law enforcement stuff. And then uh, looking at some of the lack of action being taken by the previous administration of county commissioners, I wanted to get in there and make that difference that the sheriff's office needs to be most effective in its job for the county. And then I started looking at other things going on in the county. And I, there are a lot of things that I really want to take a, a good, solid look at and maybe make some make some changes, maybe make some improvements and also protect our conservative way of life here. We are, I mean, gosh, we're like the, the, the island in the sea of liberalism here out here in Teller County. Yeah, I didn't really take you for like a woke guy or anything like that, so, <laughs> which is good. Uh, what is that? The CRT, CRT for everybody. Yeah. I, I don't, I, God, I don't mean that. I really <laughs> don't mean that. Um, yeah, me neither. Yeah. Everybody pretty much on this show knows what I think about <laughs> critical race theory. Yeah. That, you know, it's a, it's a joke. It's a sham and it's a, it's a myth. I mean, it really is. I or it's I don't know. It's a myth so much as it's a, a, a like uh, it's a fantasy. I, well, it's brainwashing. That's what it is. Oh yeah, totally. It's, it's brainwashing. Well, you would know. I mean, you're probably well, you're my background, yeah, so, yeah, psychological operations in the army. But anyway, I I don't want to cut you off. But but no, no. Uh, but uh, I mean, obviously, you're passionate about things. But what are some of the things that that you think you can impact in Teller County? Because Obviously, Teller County is, um, I don't want to say it's like, people get the impression that the county commissioners and things like that is kind of like a good old boy network. I, I don't necessarily agree with that at all. But, uh, you know, there's perceptions out there and uh, that they don't do a whole lot. And I'm like, I think they kind of do a whole lot. Well, I would look at Dan Williams and Eric Stone. They are amazing. They have done so much for the county since they've taken over. And I I can't tell you how much I would love to be part of that team and work with them. And that is certainly not the good old boy network. That's some hardworking Teller County residents who are truly there to make a difference for our county, for the people who live here. I really want to be a part of that and work with them on that. Uh, you know, Dan Williams, he wrote the uh, the the uh, growth management plan for the uh, for the county. And that it's an amazing document. I, I've gone through it several times. I'm actually on the county planning commission because I wanted to be part of what, what Dan Williams built. And that was, you know, part of what was leading me towards, you know, saying how that works kind of lead, led me towards, Hey, I should go that next step and 
see if I can't get myself a spot as commissioner here. Uh, and then, uh, and it's amazing the difference that just you know county planning can make to the welfare, to our economy, to our safety, all of these things. This area is going to be developed. This area is not. This area is going to get a parking lot. This area is not. All of those things have these huge, major first, second, third order effects, the ripples that happen. And so I, w- I was stunned to see that when I became a uh, part of the planning commission. And as the planning commission, you're really an advisory group and the commissioners actually are the ones who, yay or nay, whatever comes forth to that, to, to the planning commission. And so I want to be there to be part of the approval authority to make those important decisions. What, what are some of the things that, uh, that you think are major issues in Taylor County where you can be effective? Because, you know, there's, there's several. And a lot of times, you know, people don't get the winter months and everybody kind of, you know, cowers down to their, their yeah. little caves and doesn't do much. But, sure. you know, life and business goes on. But, uh, but for you, I mean, what's, what's some of the issues that, that uh, you want to see changed or maybe have an impact on? Well, one of the big ones, as I was talking about earlier, is I'm a huge friend of law enforcement, um, and I do a lot of work with the sheriff's office. And if you look at the sheriff's office, the the the, uh, the salaries that the deputies are getting, it's below the, the state average, and it's well below the state average. And that's something that the sheriff has been working on for a while now. And I would like to be the part of that process that brings that standard of living for our, our deputies up to or maybe a bit better than what you're seeing as, as you know, across the state. I know that there are a lot of deputies that because of the cost of living up here do not live in Taylor County. Uh, and so they have to commute here. And, and that's that's not fair to them. They sh- And it's not fair to us. We should have them as our neighbors. They should be part of our Taylor County family. And, you know, they are part of our Taylor County family, but they should be in the family at all times. And so if I can help make that happen, I would be absolutely blessed to be able to, to have that. Well, you, you brought up a good point because um, I'm a harsh critic of um, city councils and things of that nature. And, you know, when they, when they do stuff good, I mean, we give them praise and when they do stupid stuff, we, we also kind of capitalize on that. And it's all the way up the Ute Pass from Mascatoo Springs all the way to, <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll get into that one later, but, but uh, you know, which is not part of the, part of the Teller County, obviously, sure. but, but, but it still impacts, you know, kind of, kind of the region. Kind of a hot topic issue lately has been growth in Woodland Park. Now, yeah. I live in the county by, you know, the borders are like two or three streets away from, from where I live. And I know that the Tamarack business district, I guess, for lack of better terms, uh, that's going to be developed or, or they want it to be developed. And I've, I've got to think from, you know, like I said, I'm the new guy. I've only been here for a little over a year and a half. But, uh, you know, business are done on handshakes up here. And it's like, oh, by the way, we got to tell the public about this. Public is not happy about having townhomes and apartment buildings being built up here. And it depends on which side you talk about, you know, some, some sides say, well, we need affordable housing for those who are less fortunate. You know, it's that, that party line. And then you have the side of the house that says, well, you know, we have only so much water. We only have so much land. We want to keep our open spaces. Kind of what's your opinion on that? And then uh, also we have a lot of B&Bs that have all of a sudden started popping up. I I don't know if it's a a huge problem, but certainly for the tax base, I mean, I know a lot of these B&Bs are not paying uh, hotel taxes and things of that nature. What's your, what's your opinion on that? If you have one. So first of all, let me just start by saying that Woodland Park is its own beast. The, as, as a county commissioner, I wouldn't be influential in <clears throat> their development here. Uh, now I don't, I don't look at housing that's more affordable as something for the, the less fortunate. I think there's a, a need for a bit of a workforce here in Teller County and to have housing that they, and including the, uh, the law enforcement people, people that I had mentioned previously. And to have places that they can move to so they can become productive members of our community, not come up here and start looking for handouts from everybody. Uh, I I think that that could be valuable, but we have to do that right. We have to do it in such a way that it doesn't take away. I I moved to Teller County because it was quiet. It was beautiful. It had all of these open spaces that you were talking about. And I, I love to get out there and hike. I like to get out there and be able to drive the roads and appreciate what I'm seeing around me. So I don't want the place to become jam packed and crowded with houses and cars and all of that. Uh, 24 is bad enough. If you start seeing Teller 1 get jam packed, you start seeing 67 get jam packed. You know, that's a, that's a huge quality of life impact. So when we do this management, when we do the growth, we have to do it in such a way that it, we do the correct studies. We do everything that we need to do to make sure that we maintain that peace that we enjoy here. And so that's how I want to make sure that you know, going through with the growth management plan, as I was talking about earlier, um, we take that and we interpret it in such a way that, that we are able to maintain that. 
It's interesting that you say that because it's it's going to affect everything from infrastructure on because now, you know, we get more people. That's uh, that's more police. Uh, that's more fire people. That's more, it's, it's more kind of everything. It expands our tax base. You know, we get these, these people up here who move up here to work and, you know, get these, get good jobs in Taylor County. And because they're working and they have those good jobs, that's more taxes. That's better tax base for us. And we're able to expand those services. Yep. Fair, fair enough. I, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, and that's why I moved back to Colorado too, is it kind of just have some, some peace and quiet, you know, yeah, uh, just sit sit back and and rot away in my old age, you know, just to rot away. Don't even give me that. <laughs> Don't give me that. Having a good time up here, but uh, but uh, Cripple Creek too. I mean, there's a lot of negativity that I've heard about uh, Cripple Creek and expansion up there. And personally, for me, I think the new hotel and casino is an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be some more homes being built. I mean, talk about uh, people having to work in this area. Yeah, housing is a is a problem. And and same thing. I would like to see local law enforcement live in this area because yeah. if who knows if there's a, you know, if there's an emergency, whether it be fire or wherever it's, it is, uh, you can rally those forces much faster than you would if uh, someone lived in Colorado Springs or, or, or whatever. Well, the other thing that we're looking at here is uh, you, if you, anytime that you go to highway 24 on a Friday evening or a Sunday evening, you, you're dealing with horrible traffic and a lot of, well, and you know, actually every day of the week, we're getting that kind of traffic and a lot of that's commuter traffic. So if we can, get some of the folks to live up here and knock down some of that commuter traffic that well you know to a certain extent i don't want to see my neighborhood grow like, oh, no i get that neither do i but uh again that's why you get out there and you do it in a responsible way so that we don't like look out our door and have yeah you know, we don't want to be colorado springs where we can reach out our window and shake hands with our neighbor inside of their house right and, and i read that uh, colorado springs is the ninth fastest growing city in the united states right now so uh yeah, stay down on the mountain. Don't come up here. <laughs> what other issues um, do you think impact Keller County, say, in the next three to four years? And I think growth is going to be one of them for sure. Growth is definitely going to be one of them. I think another one that we need to take a good, serious look at is uh, wildfire mitigation. Uh, now, I, I saw an article in the paper where they are talking about the wildfire mitigation plan has not been updated since 2011. True. However, what they neglected to, to mention is that uh, the Office of Emergency Management and a whole bunch of other agencies within the area have got together and are working on something called the Emergency Management Plan, which encompasses not just wildfires, but diseases and floods and everything that could possibly happen in this county. It's a very big, very comprehensive document. And I want to be part of that process. It's in one of those living documents that uh, Tyler County is going to maintain that as things evolve, they'll make the changes. And, and I want to be in making those changes and helping protect us from whatever wildfires, the next, uh, not COVID, but whatever the next thing might be, and do it in a way that's proactive instead of reactive. You uh, you talk about COVID, and one thing the county commissioners did is they took a pretty hard stand against the uh, mandates and masking and stuff like that, which I, f- I find refreshing. What's your, what's your stand on uh I guess the whole uh, masking mandates and, and things of that nature. And, and recently there was a court decision that said, uh, you know, Sleepy Joe has to like take that uh, decision, pack it up and come back with something better. Yeah, I, I, I think recommendation, not mandate. I, I believe everybody should go out there and get the, the vaccine, but that's on them. That is a, a personal decision for them and their families. That's not for me to tell them. And as far as a mask goes, I, I, if I don't have to, I don't put that stupid thing on my face. Uh, there are places where you go in and they have a sign on the door that says we're a close contact business. Please wear your mask. And OK, I'll wear my mask in there. I don't prefer to, but I, I do just to respect their wishes, just like I respect the wishes of the individual to decide whether or not they want to get the COVID vaccine. I'm kind of with on the masking and the, and the COVID thing. It's like I'm, I'm fully vaccinated. Too. I'm not an anti-vaccine or anything. And I and, and we tell people all the time on the show, it's just like, uh, hey, look, if you want to get it, get it. If you don't, don't go for it. You know, sure. Whatever. But uh, Trevor, I think you had something to, that you yes. want to ask. I just had one question. So what a lot of people don't realize about a county commissioner is that one of their major jobs is they're constantly at the state capitol supporting and speaking against certain state bills that pop up while the state runs the Congress. Times it's things that they're for that could help the county, some things it's against. So um, after kind of watching what's been going on, for one, what are some things that you would fight not to pass that you've seen? And for two, is there some sort of legislation that you would support or that you would go to maybe a state representative and try to get written and try to get passed? 
Yeah, one of the things that I've been really excited about is how Eric Stone has been going up there to fight, for example, our 2A, our, our Second Amendment rights. I, I'm carrying right now. I carry all the time. I love guns. I, I actually did a, a speech at the Big Tent event, which the Republican Party Big Tent event, where I, one of the first thing I said, hi, I'm Tommy Allen, and I love guns. Um, and I've got my share. And I think that we as Americans have that Second Amendment right that is ingrained in our society. And so I will fight tooth and nail to keep that. Things like the red flag laws. Give me a break. That uh, No, um, I because my neighbor doesn't like me and they say he's got guns and he's a bad person. They want the police to come to my door, the sheriff's deputies, whatever, to come to my door and kick it in. And, and uh, uh, no. I, I don't believe in that. I'm with you 100%. And I think uh, Sheriff Michael made that uh, pretty clear that uh, we weren't going to enforce any knee-jerk laws because that's exactly what happened. Yeah. You you think a guy with, uh, you know, with an automatic weapon would walk into a, the eighth most armed county in the United States and, and uh, try to pull that stuff off, he would be ventilated quickly. And uh, the sad thing about that is, is that uh, one of the baristas who was in that, that store had a concealed weapons permit, but was not allowed to carry his gun inside the store because yeah. the country of Boulder won't allow it. But uh, I wouldn't expect any other kind of answer from you or else, you know, you'll be rolling down the hill to Masca too. <laughs> I, I, I've always wondered uh, that, that specifically. I've always wondered, I've got a concealed carry permit. I'm not allowed to carry it or I'm not allowed to carry, but I'm in a situation where I get hurt because I don't have my gun. Can I sue them? Can I say that that law is is unjust and it led to my injuries? I, I've always wondered that. Another thing that I, that's going to make the fight a lot harder with the state is our current redistricting. Yeah. How did that all happen? Honestly, I think it's uh, the liberal government, state government trying to take away our conservative voice. So they lump us in with Denver and Boulder and, you know. See, I, 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 uh, I never really understood that. It's like, okay, how are we, I mean, we're not completely on the Western range, but we kind of are. It's like, how do we get lumped into front range? I don't get it. And you talk about gerrymandering, holy smokes. Well, one of the things that's a, a huge issue out here is we're by and large a rural community, even Woodland Park. It, it's, a, it's a larger town, but it, it's really relatively rural. We have nothing in common with Denver or Boulder or anything like that. And so to have all those voices speaking for us, is ridiculous. Uh, but again, like I said, I think that that city folk are taking away the conservative voice and lumping it into where it won't be heard anymore. Well, not only that, but the re the representative, if it stands and it looks like it probably will in, in uh, 2023, he lives north of Denver. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I think what happened was, is that uh, Lauren Boebert scared the hell out of everybody. And uh, of course, you know, the, the gerrymandering really picked up steam because at one point we were going to be in the third district, I think. Well, there, there were, uh, I think, three different maps that came out um, yeah. as to where we were going to. Well, ain't happy about the current one myself no, no, in, in particular. I'm sure some people are, but uh, that's uh, that's why it's so important for people to get out and vote Yeah, and, and not take a back seat and get involved. We say that on the show all the time. It's like, get involved, go do your thing, make sure you vote and, and vote for the people you think are going to do the best job. And, uh, you know, politics has gotten kind of heated. I mean, we were just kind of covering the, uh, even into like local politics with the school board. That, that got a little weird. Well, and that's, that is actually um, one of the good things about running against Bob Campbell is when I announced uh, and he let me know that he was going to try to, to be the incumbent. We sat down for three hours. We had coffee and we talked and it was a very civil conversation. It was a very adult conversation, at the end of which we both pretty much agreed that we would not use each other's name in our political process, which I, I yes, I'm saying his name right here, but it's, I'm not doing it uh, to be negative. I, I am actually saying that I appreciate that conversation. I thought it was a very adult very professional way to approach an opponent. Uh, so I, I, I'm glad to be part of a process in a place where we don't have to throw mud at each other like that. Oh, that was the guy that just sent us all your Facebook postings. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> that, he, right. he, he did not do that. There's yeah. no, there's, there's no dirt on Tommy Campbell. <laughs> on Tommy Campbell? Uh, or, yeah, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Freudian slip. <laughs> so yeah, I just had one more question. We kind of talked about affordable housing a little bit, but what kind of things do you think that you could do countywide to incentivize developers and try to get more affordable housing being built up countywide? You know, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I, the, I, I honestly have not dug that far into the process yet. What I want to do is I want to look at 
uh, what Cripple Creek is doing, looking at their model to incentivize developers to come in and see what they're doing to support the casinos. And if it works, I'll take that and, and make it onto a bigger scale. Is it me or does it, does it seem like Cripple Creek is like the only kind of normal place around here? I mean, as far as as far as city governments go, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but it's, no, I, it's all personalities. And, and you know, Woodland Park makes the news a lot, um, but it's, it's because all of, they're all passionate about, you know, what, what they believe in and what they want to see. You're being really nice. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they're very passionate. I think it's when you get, uh, and, and you mentioned it before, you, you, know, you can sit down with your opponent and, and have a civil conversation. Yet uh, some of the city councils around this region can't sit down and, and, and have those conversations without making it personal about something. And, and that's where I think the, the voters are kind of turned off. They don't want to hear about your fake website and, you know, pro or con COVID. They want to know about issues and they want to know about what you're going to do to, to make the community a better place to live. I'm not part of that process in Woodland Park uh, and nor would I be as a commissioner. I mean, we, we may talk, we may coordinate, but uh, yeah, I, I really am not in a position to say that they're doing it wrong or they're doing it right. I just, that's, that's not my spot. Well, in all fairness, I mean, we are a year out and, and uh, you're kind of early into your campaign, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, maybe in six months or so, we, we want to have you back. And, oh, and yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, Cause things change all the time and they change rapidly up here, which I kind of surprised about, but uh, anyway, I, uh, I appreciate you coming in and, oh, thanks and, for having me. and spending some time with us. Um, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm a political agnostic. I, I just have no party. I vote for the guy that I want. And I, I think I took that page out of kind of Colin Powell's book, you know, who just recently passed away. And, yeah. and a lot yeah. of people bag on him and, and said he was a traitor to the uh, Republican party. I, I don't see it that way. I just see it as a, as a statesman who got fed up. It's uh, it's veterans day week too. So uh, happy yes. veterans day to you, my friend. Thank you. You too. And to all the veterans out there, listen, I am exceptionally proud to be one of you. And I'm also exceptionally proud to have so many of you in, in Teller County. With everything that's going on, Afghanistan, things like that, that just could have been a disaster for for all of us veterans. And from what I saw, the veterans here, they they were very graceful in the way that they handled it. They were very adult. And so I couldn't be more proud at how I saw the veterans handling the recent administration's mistakes. I, I agree. And there wasn't one of us from Teller County that were at least active duty or retired that stormed the castle. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> okay. And, and, yeah, I, I think the only guy from Woodland Park who stormed the castle was a was a non vet, but um, yeah, that's beside the point. I, I think he's I think he's peeling peeling potatoes someplace. I, I don't know. So in the end, though, I, I hope that all the veterans out there have an outstanding outstanding Veterans Day. I agree. All right, Tommy, thanks for coming in, and uh, like I say, you're uh, you're a friend of the show, and we appreciate it. And uh, we're, yeah, we're gonna follow and see what you what oh, you're up to. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited, and uh, you are welcome in here. Anytime, okay. that's for sure. This is it's amazing what you've done with the place. Yeah, you've I, done I appreciate a really good it. job in here. Well, uh, you pushed me over the edges. Yeah. yeah, that's that's my job. Yeah, you're partially to blame, so I appreciate it. But anyway, when we come back, it's Josh Dorsey from Abode Real Estate with some real estate news and updates, and also our journalist is your Trevor Phipps. So don't go away. Stick around. By making gradual changes in your life, you can achieve your goals. Perhaps it's a change in your diet, losing a few pounds, or reducing stress in your life. You can always improve your health. Animus Wellbeing practitioners in Woodland Park believe that beauty radiates from within because being healthy is beautiful. No matter what your age, they can help you improve and enjoy a better quality of life. If you want to explore ideas on how to achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life, you've come to the right place. They currently offer nutritional consultations, personal cooking classes, catering, and even guided meditation sessions for both group and individuals. Let them help you achieve a life of optimal well-being. Check them out at Animus Wellbeing. That's A-N-I- M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G dot com. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Bear Cave. And on the line is our title sponsor from Abode Real Estate, Josh Dorsey. Josh, it's been a while. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I was uh, I was telling everybody that I saw the pictures of your new Bronco, and um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm coveting it. I haven't shown my wife cause that's what she wants. It's like, okay, I, I can't let her see this, but, uh, man, nice machine. You can uh, probably cover a lot of real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been waiting on this thing for a long time. I actually pre-ordered it middle of last year, put in my official order in like January and then just finally got it recently. And, and it's one of just like a handful of rounds. So it's kind of, kind of fun that way, but man, this, uh, this thing is incredibly capable. So I'll be, I'll be showing, uh, you know, making some trips up mountain passes for, for real estate purposes, of course. And, uh, and I've already put, I think 3,300 miles on it in, in three weeks. <laughs> so, nice. Get, get, yeah. get up this way and take me with you. Yeah, we'll do it. Not that I want to sell it all, but, uh, yeah, what a, what a great machine, but, uh, Hey, anyway, um, I've noticed, uh, what's the deal with the Zillow meltdown slash crisis. It's, it seems some, some weirds going on there. Oh my gosh, man. It's, it's crazy. Um, I kind of saw this coming a few months back. I noticed that they were the houses that they were buying. They seemed to be way overpaying for. And I was, I thought, well, you know, maybe it's a, a lose money until you make money kind of model, like, you know, Amazon or whatever, trying to take over a portion of an industry. Um, but I, you know, started to realize, boy, the amount that they're overpaying, there's no way that that's ever going to work. Um, house down the street from us, I was looking at and just kind of watching what they did. They still haven't resold it. I figured that they paid something like, you know, $80,000 over market for it on a, you know, 500k house. They were they bought it for almost 590. And uh, of course, the seller's super happy. Zillow's never even looked at the house. They never even sent anyone to inspect it or like looked at it or anything. Um, it's not, it's a bad lot. Um, it's just not a good purchase, but they purchased it off of their algorithm. And, um, I'm guessing they're going to lose, you know, 80 to a hundred thousand dollars on that one. Um, so I think their I think their situation is worse than they're letting on because their CEO came out and straight up said, uh, look, there was a problem with our algorithm and, um, we're, we're literally, we were buying houses for more than we actually planned on selling them for. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you like, <laughs> That's yeah. a, it was a pretty bad mess up. Not so. ex- not exactly a good business model, but you know, I mean, most of the people, you know, when you go looking for houses or you're trolling or whatever, I mean, it's either like uh, realtor.com or, or Zillow. You know, I, I, I did when I was, you know, dream shopping for places, but, uh, yeah, then you find out that you're paying 80 grand more than you should have. Yeah, well, and it just goes to show their their sort of business trademark is that Zestimate. And they were basically buying houses off of that. And it just shows how far off they were. So they've got like um, 18,000 homes in inventory still. And they're estimating that they're going to lose between 60 and $80,000 per home. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Another reason so, you should find a good, uh, real estate agent and or broker, right? Yeah. Well, it just shows an, an algorithm can't quite do it yet. So, um, it's, it's interesting. And, and, you know, a lot of people are asking me, well, what is this going to do? Like to the market, is this going to shake the market up, um, where you're going to see some sort of downturn as Zillow unloads all this inventory? Cause I mean, that's a significant amount of inventory. Um, and I think, no, I mean, it's, it's a scenario where they just don't, 18,000 homes is a lot, but it's not enough to, to change, um, the real estate market in the, you know, in the country by a significant amount. I mean, you'll have a, a little bit of, uh, maybe a, a little bit of new inventory coming in the market from them, but we're so low in inventory right now that it's, it's just going to be immediately absorbed. So did I read somewhere that there were in the last couple of months, 160 homes sold in Teller County? Is that right? Um, probably so. Seems almost, seems awful high. Well, you know, it's, it's, it sounds high, but that's really not that many homes for an entire County. Um, that's really low. And, and it's getting, you know, we're getting into kind of a time of year where inventory is low anyway, but you know, there's, I think in the last week, there's something like, you know, 400. um, Yeah. So there's like about 200 homes that came on the market in our entire MLS in the last seven days. Um, so that would be like Colorado Springs, Woodland Park, all of Teller County, um, down to Canyon city. Uh, it's a, it's a big area. Um, and I have 200 new homes come on and 
450, 460 went off the market in that same amount of time. So you have um, twice as many homes going under contract as as uh, coming on the market in a seven day period. That's you're eating up the inventory really quickly. And so we're down to like um, between say 200 and 700 thousand uh, dollars single family homes that are currently built, like not stuff under under con- or uh, under construction or whatever. Um, there's 425, 450 probably on the market right now in the entire MLS in that price range, which, you know, years past or even months past, we would have seen at least eight, 900, maybe a thousand. Um, so we're, we're as low as we've ever been in inventory. Yeah. In retrospect, I guess, you know, now that you put it that way to the, you know, uneducated person like me, it, it, it makes sense. But, uh, Hey, uh, uh, Josh puts out a newsletter. Uh, is it once a month or every couple of weeks? I think, I think I get it, but, yeah, uh, once, once a month, but, uh, yeah, we posted on our, on our, uh, on our page on this week in the bear cave on our, our, uh, social media pages and, uh, you should check it out. But, uh, I kind of want to go over those, uh, those questions for this month because they seem really relevant. And, uh, the first one was how much money should I put down on my house for a down payment? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it really depends. And I get that question a lot, of course. Um, but it really depends on, on a few different things. Um, one is going to be, of course, what type of loan you're getting, right? Because VA loan, you may need nothing down. Um, FHA, three and a half or three percent, and a conventional conventional loan um, usually is is five percent. But there's some interesting one uh, percent and zero percent down conventional programs out there right now, which is um, kind of unusual. So, you know, how much do you have to, or how much do you sh- should you, is kind of the question there, and. Um, it, it really is something that you ought to talk to a financial advisor about because, uh, if you're earning say 10, 12% on your, on your money that's invested, um, or you have the ability to earn that much, um, rate of return and you're borrowing money at three and a half percent or 3%, like, well, you know, don't put, don't put any more down than you have to in, in that scenario. Yeah. You'll be living in a tiny home on 67 somewhere. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. yeah, I won't go back there again. I got uh, a little bit of flack for, for that one, but uh, Hey, it's true. But uh, second <laughs> yeah. question was, uh, is a large down payment always better? Yeah. Well, I guess it is in, in a way, and that is your offers um, probably more likely to get accepted if you have more money down. And so in a competitive scenario where a seller is evaluating three or four different offers, if you're the, if you're the guy with, um, 5% down and someone else is putting 20% down, then yeah, they have a little bit of an advantage. So in in terms of offer acceptance, it does give you, you know, maybe a, a 10 or 15% edge there. Um, but you know, the, the other thing is people in general, myself included, we're not, we're not all super disciplined with money, right? So um, putting a, a larger down payment is a good way to, to, uh, to kind of stash cash that's not readily accessible. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're not going to yep. just, you know, spend on new tires for your Bronco or whatever, you know? Oh, I wish so. I could. Those KO2s are pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's better for for that reason, I'd say. It's just, a, it's a good way to get money out of the way and and uh, and uh, out, of, out of danger of being spent. Um, so that's kind of a, a practical um reason for that, I guess. This is why you shouldn't go on Zillow on house shop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just give me a call. Yeah, exactly. But uh, hey, well, maybe they're going to get in the space race and build a rocket or something. I don't know. But uh, with that, with that <laughs> business model, yeah, with that business model, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But uh, no. uh, the, the third question was, uh, what, you, what should you consider when you're setting your goal amounts? Well, really, uh, those first two items, I mean, um, how much do you need for your loan? Um, if, if there's a target there, if your lender says, hey, you need three and a half percent, you know, then you should have it maybe a savings goal of that or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, a lot of people I find when they're when they're setting this goal, um, just sort of like like pick a, a target number and say, you know, we want to do 10 percent down. And there's not a lot of. Um, 
you know, reason that goes behind it. It's not like, well, do you need 10% down or is that the amount that gets you to the payment that you want to at your purchase price? Um, oftentimes people just kind of set a number for themselves. And, um, I think, I think it's good to talk to your lender, um, get some payment scenario estimates, find out like, Hey, if I buy a house for this much and put this much down, what's my payment going to be? And that can really help you um, establish a down payment goal. And then, of course, talk to your lender about um, what what they're requiring for a down payment for your scenario um, and, and things like that. And then other things to consider about a down payment goal is maybe your lender's got hey, a, a program where it's like, hey, your, your rate goes down by this much if you put this percentage down. And, and that can help um, help a person decide what their goal ought to be um, there too. But you really don't want to, you don't want to leave yourself without any cash, right? So if you're, whenever, whenever you're deciding how much to put down, you, you really should look at, okay, how much cash do I have available? How much do I want to have on reserve? You know, if you got $50,000 in the bank, you don't want to put all $50,000 down in your home and be moving into a new home with, you know, expenses of moving and everything like that and zero cash. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and the last one kind of ties in with what you were just saying. And, and the question was, uh, do you have to come up with all that uh, cash uh, on your own? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people getting started out, especially in a competitive market, first time buyers, etc. Um, you can get a gift from, you know, a family member or whoever um, and use a gift a gifted amount as your down payment. So, um, you know, maybe a grandparent or a parent or, or whatever who has some cash available that they want to help with. Um, all you need really is a gift letter just showing, Hey, this is where the funds came from. It is a gift. It's not a loan. Um, but we're going to help, you know, this, this young couple buy their first home and, um, we're going to give them this amount down. And, and so that's, that's something, you know, I, I can't say like, go ask your grandparents for money or whatever, but in certain scenarios, it makes sense um, to do it that way with a gift and a gift letter. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think, so- uh, I think we kind of did that too. When we, uh, when we bought our home in Woodland Park, we, we did that same thing and, and it worked out fine, you know, because we, we went through abode real estate. That's why. <laughs> yep, exactly. But, so, but anyway, uh, I mean, I, I read somewhere that, uh, that Colorado is the eighth or ninth largest growing city in the U S right now. And, uh, which, which doesn't surprise me, but, uh, are there any kind of hot ticket homes or locations that are, that, uh, people should be aware of right now? Yeah. Um, well, you know, an interesting thing in like the Colorado Springs market is, is those properties on the Southeast side of town that didn't used to be as desirable. <laughs> You've got, you know, some stuff out by the airport that all of a sudden, you get Amazon moving in there and and those become oh, really, man. really valuable quickly. And, and I think that those are going to probably appreciate it a little bit faster rate than some of the stuff around other parts of the city. Um, and so I, I think there's some good opportunity there. And then um, Woodland Park area, I've always thought that going out on 67, um, that whole area seems to be under underappreciated, you know, um, you go out towards divide and Florissant and that, and everyone kind of is familiar with that, but that less trafficked area along 67 is, is more pleasant. I think the values there, um, especially as you get, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes out of Woodland park there. Um, I think that those are, um, good, good opportunity and will probably appreciate faster than the rest of the market. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, the whole idea is for towns to grow. And then, uh, you know, I mean, you're going to get two opinions up here because people are so protective of, of this area. And I and I get it. But uh, the development of, um, you know, apartment complexes and townhomes seems like, uh, I, I know there's a new development being discussed right now. And it sounds like it's going to go ahead. And then you've got the, the whole kind of tiny home thing. And to me, that's not really affordable housing. But uh, they're they're kind of using that shell game to say that it is. It makes more sense to me to buy a home so you actually own the property, because as your house starts to you know collapse and die away or whatever, you're it's it's the property value, right? Am I am I on board with that or? Yeah, well, it's you know location is is the number one thing for real estate, right? So if you don't own the location, then you just own a structure, you know, you're not, you're not really um, gaining anything and, and real estate appreciates 
uh, based on the amount of availability within a desirable area. So you get um, an area like Woodland Park and pretty soon it's it's kind of built out to what it's going to be. And, and then the prices really start going up because, you know, if you've got your spot secured, your, your acre or half acre, whatever your lot, um, and there's, there's none left, that's when you really start to see the most appreciation is from that. But if you never own the land, then you're, you're really just owning, um, a, I mean, let's face it, everything's decaying. It's a decaying structure. You right. know, you can maintain it and keep it up for a long time, but exactly. that's what you own is, is building materials shaped into a house instead of real estate land. Um, and, and that's where the real value is because there's, there's only so much space on the planet. They're not making any more of it. So that's it. Yeah. Well, yeah. If we, uh, if we allow, uh, Sleepy Joe and Obama to take charge, we're, Oh, wait a minute. They are in charge. Yeah, we're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, downward spiral. Well, maybe all those uh, containers that are sitting outside of L.A. will be turned into homes someday. I don't I don't know. This is, they're certainly not <laughs> yeah, going anywhere. Hey, oh, what, my gosh. What a mess. I know, right? Uh, one last question before I let you go, uh, Josh. Uh, Cripple Creek seems to be kind of a target area in the next year or two with the uh, you know, the infrastructure seems to be growing. And uh, I thought I heard that there were initially 25 or 30 homes are going up in that area. What, what can you tell me about that? Well, um, that can actually go on the list of areas that I believe will appreciate faster than the rest of the County. Um, or, you know, at a, at a good rate anyway, um, Cripple Creek is expanding as you know, and, and with, uh, remodels and, and new casinos coming in, um, plus the, the mine, you've got a good, um, basis for a rental market for investment properties. Um, and, and you've got a good uh, potential for Airbnb and short-term rentals there as well. So, I mean, I, I think it would be great if they build some more homes there, if they can get that done. I think it's a good thing for, for Cripple Creek. And um, I, I like to see some of those old homes kind of restored too. Uh, there's some really neat places up there, you know, 120 year old, old mining cabins and whatever else. So um, it's a neat area. And I think there's some good, some good uh, opportunity for investment there too. No, I agree. And, and uh, with Chamonix, you know, it's a, I think it's a 300 room hotel and casino that's going up. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. It's huge. Some, you got to live somewhere to go work there, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, all right, Josh, well, thanks again for coming in um, and uh, giving us those tips. And again, if you uh, missed the newsletter or you're not on Josh's mailing list, you should be, but if not, you can go on to our, uh, our fake book, book page uh, this week in the bear cave and you can catch up on all that kind of news. So, all right, Josh, well, uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks and um, enjoy that new Bronco. Yeah. Thanks Dennis. All right, Josh. Thanks a so bunch. All right, that that was Josh Dorsey from Abode Real Estate, and uh, make sure that you check out his newsletter because uh, he puts out some really good information. But uh, yeah. anyway, he's really knowledgeable guy. He certainly is. But uh, anyway, it's uh, it's time for local news and stuff. And uh, Trevor, what you got going on? Um, it's been kind of a quiet week, I guess. There wasn't really a whole lot of dynamic things happening that I saw. Why don't you recap the uh, the election winners for us? Oh, okay. So yeah, basically on the four people that were running for on the, as conservative, um, David Eilingworth, the second Suzanne Patterson, Gary Brevetto and David Rusterholtz all ended up being the winners by a pretty big margin on most of them. Um, Gary Brevetto and Paula Levy was close, but Gary Brevetto ended up winning. So they're going to take over. And I just got an email saying they're, they're not getting sworn in this week. They're not going to get sworn in until mid December when they officially take their seats. Um, it, it was kind of a weird election. I mean, um, I know that the, you know, Paula Levy was kind of neck and neck until, you know, I think Berbetto only won by a couple hundred votes, right? Yeah. When I first checked it, I think at 7 p.m. when the votes came in, she was ahead by like 50 votes. And wow. towards the end of the night, Berbetto passed her and he, yeah, he won by about 200. So it was pretty close. That was the only one that was close. The other ones were winning by 10 point margins plus. One of them won, Suzanne Patterson won by like, I think 20 points, 20%, something like that. So that's pretty typical of what's happened in elections around the country is that, uh, well, up here, I mean, obviously conservatives rule, but uh, all around the country is, it's, uh, and we talked about that a little bit last week, but uh, I, I think the uh, the red storm cloud is, is starting a brewing, as they say. Yeah, it seems like it. And there's a lot of talk that it could go into the midterms on 2022. So we'll see. And then the other big thing, well, the other two big things in the 
recent election was um Brandon Gray um won mayor of Victor over the incumbent Bruce Davis. So it's kind of a big deal. Is that um, is is that considered an upset? I mean, it's a tiny town. We got what four <laughs> four hundred people that that live there, right? Something like that. Yeah, there wasn't very many people. I mean, even in Cripple Creek, the one race between Les Batson and Melissa Trenary, I think there was only like 140, 150 people that voted. And Melissa won that election. Is that right? Yeah, she won it it by a decent margin. Well, are are they aren't they both conservatives, so to speak, in both cities or were they were there was there a liberal running against? Lay that out for me. I mean, were they? Uh, Les Batson actually, he told me that he's in the middle, but he leans more towards the Democratic side. Melissa Trenary is definitely Republican. And honestly, I really don't know any of the two mayors in Victor, so I'm not sure. Maybe. I would assume they were both, they were probably both conservatives. I don't think there's a lot of Democrats in Victor, but maybe. We might have to give uh, Councilman Mark a call and find out. Uh what his opinion was on that whole thing, just to, so we have some background information. But anyway, the big news, big talk around town kind of is for everybody to stay tuned to the school board meetings. Cause the word is that it's going to be very interesting from here on out with that new board and how the community is going to react to it. Well, in our conversations, you brought up a good point too, because if they're going to do these radical changes, then they're going to be dealing with the state and they're going to be dealing with a, a lot of you know, outside agencies that don't live in Woodland Park, so to speak. Right. Yeah. I talked to David Rusterholt actually since the election. He said that they are going to, within the next 60 days, they're going to work at changing the structure of the board from a policy governance board, which basically means that they don't have a lot of control over things. The superintendent controls most stuff, but they're going to change that to a board that has more control over school district staff and curriculum being taught in schools. Is is that a little bit of micromanaging or is that a good thing? I mean, because I mean, I, I guess it depends on which way you look at it, because the superintendent we have now seems like a pretty, he seems like he's on on top of things. Yeah. And they, they've all said really good things about them. Um, the one thing that they kind of emphasized is, which I mean, I don't know whether you believe them or not, I guess, but basically they're saying that the they think it's too much of a responsibility for the superintendent to be in charge and implementing everything and changing things. And then if he has to face backlash, that's kind of a lot to put on one guy's shoulders. So the board, their idea is to kind of go in and help them and kind of take some of that backlash and kind of have the power to help the superintendent lead. Well, let's, let's hope they work together. Cause it seems like that's a, Hey, if the plan works, I'm all for it. Anything to keep kids in Woodland Park school district, because I mean, we know that a bunch of parents bailed because of the whole summit thing. And, and, uh, is it Dr. Neil, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matthew Neil, he's, uh, he's looking into it and, and, uh, there could be some changes coming and, uh, let's, let's hope it's for the better and keep our kids here. Anyway, what, uh, what else you got? There's, uh, there's some sporting news. We already talked about football, but, uh, I know girls volleyball, they wrapped up their season, right? How'd they do? Yeah, they actually did pretty good. They, they won their league for the third year in a row and they qualified for regionals and went up and they played a tournament with Golden and Thompson Valley up in Thompson Valley, Northern Colorado. And then they actually, they lost both matches that they played. So they did not qualify for state, but they still had a really good season. They made it pretty yeah. far. They were undefeated in their league when they paid league games. So that was good. Yeah. Cause they kind of had a rough start. And, uh, but I think those were matches that really didn't count towards their regional record. Right. And so I asked about that. I asked their coach, Stacy Roshek, because their overall record definitely doesn't look as good. And so she basically said that she did that on purpose because in the last few years, they've just played league games. And then when they get to regionals, they play teams that are a lot tougher than anybody in our league and they get beat. So she actually purposely scheduled non-league matches with some of the best volleyball teams in the state early on in the season That's good. in hopes to try to prep the team for the regional tournament when they're, cause the league's not really competitive for them. No, I, I think that's a good strategy. I mean, like, you know, I, I used to be a competitive volleyball player and, uh, our coach used to do the same thing back in the day. I think there's still like wagon wheels and horses when I was playing volleyball, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, no cars on the road, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think that's a pretty sound strategy because, uh, if you're playing teams that are better than you, it kind of ups your game as well. And you learn a lot of things. So, Hey, good for them. But, uh, there are some other things that are happening with the, uh, Panthers too, that you were telling me about. 
Yeah, we actually, um, it's probably one of the most successful fall sports and activity seasons that Woodland Park's had in a while, if you look at it overall. Um, some of the big highlights, volleyball, of course, is a big highlight. I mean, football, they were first in their division there for a while, and then they end up falling to third, but they had a pretty successful season. Girls cross country, they actually qualified for state. I guess in the state cham- championship, they didn't fare too well, but their coach said their biggest fear was to finish last place, and they did not finish last place. They were, I think they were two or three from the bottom, but they they didn't get that last place mark. So that was good. And then um and then the high school marching band, they actually qualified for the state competition for the first time in like 10 years. So that was good for them. Um they already, I'm pretty sure they competed last week and I have not heard yet exactly how they did, but it's good for them. And then the other the cheerleading team actually they took home the trophy for their league and yes. they qualified for the semifinals, which will take place in December. And then depend the top four from the semifinals on December 10th will then qualify for the state finals on December 11th. That's pretty awesome because, uh, you know, people make fun of it. Ah, it's just cheerleaders. And, and, uh, you know, within the last 10 years, cheerleading is really a sport. Uh, I mean, if you, if you look at it and there's a lot of athletic ability and gymnastics that's involved oh, yeah. in strength training and so forth and so on. So, um, Hey, good for them. I, uh, I, hope they uh, they kill it and bring home the trophy or the crown or wherever it is that they win all right trevor well uh thanks for stopping by i know you're you got a busy day going and uh we appreciate your input and uh we'll see what kind of nonsense we can come up with uh next week all right thanks for having me on you have a good day All right, in Victor news, the Victor Lowe Thomas Museum is in the winter hours now, and it'll be open Thursdays through Saturdays. Go ahead and go on their website and check out for the exact times, but I believe they're open usually from like 10 to 4, so always some cool stuff to go see up there. If you're up in Cripple Creek, make sure you go to the Outlaw and Lawman's Jail Museum. They are also open from Thursdays through Saturdays. Really cool place to see. And right now, with the weather being just awesome, you should uh, take a trip up there and uh, check it out. Maybe roll a few bones at the casinos. Who knows? All right. It is now time for some entertainment news. Uh, The Kardashian curse continues. Holy smokes. You know, last weekend, Kylie Jenner, who is the, uh, the baby mama of rapper Travis Scott... She tried to do some damage control because of the tragic events that happened at uh, Astral World concert in Houston this past weekend. Uh, you, you probably know by now that you know eight people were literally trampled to death. It was reported that there were almost uh, 50,000 people at this event, and they came from all over the United States. But uh, what Kylie Jenner said, who is, of course, is the daughter of Kris Kardashian Jenner, what she said was, quote, I want to make it clear we weren't aware of any fatalities until the news came out after the show and in no other world would have continued filming or performing, end quote. Well, it's reported that, uh, and you can listen to it, It's you can go online and see uh, what happened. Travis Scott kept performing for at least 30 minutes. And uh, if you know anything about Travis Scott, he's a, he's a rapper and, uh, you know, it's... For, for some reason, the Kardashian women are into rappers. They're into sports athletes and stuff like that. If you know their history, it's it's never really ended well for them. You know, overdoses, uh, you know, of course, Kanye or Yee, Ye, whatever his name is now, went went nuts. Yay! We, we all know the story with, uh, with Chris. She turned her husband into a woman. But uh, everyone knows that Travis Scott encourages mosh pits. He encourages raging during his performances. And, you know, that's pretty well known. And he's also been arrested before during those performances for the same type of, of uh, behavior, encouraging people to, you know, come on up and... You know, rage, that kind of thing. So Kylie, the influencer, you know, congratulations. Your mom was rubbed off on you and uh, her man curse continues. Not to mention that uh, your dad dresses funny, but whatever. Wow. All right. With all that being said, it is now time for News of the Weird. I call this one from Russia with love. The headline reads, Robert Tide and used as sex slave. A Russian who tried to rob a hairdresser at gunpoint was beaten senseless by the black belt shop owner who used him as a sex slave for three days. No way! Victor Jasinski, 32, demanded the day's takings at the salon when he was floored by a kick and tied up naked by the karate expert Olga Zajak, 28. He later told police he had been held hostage and fed nothing but Viagra. <laughs> and she said, yes, we had sex a couple of times but I bought him new jeans. 
They were both arrested. Oh boy, you can't make this stuff up. Anyway, moving on. It is time for The Bear Pile. Each week, we nominate three top subjects, events, and or people who should be tossed on the bear pile and eaten by the bears. From the nominations of last week, the winner being dumped on the bear pile to be eaten by the bears is... Hysteria Baldwin, or trying to photobomb her husband Alec and play the victim in her audition to the press. But was beyond pathetic. This week's nominations are Obamala Harris for trying to push her stupid environmental justice wokeness by asking the dumbest question of the year. Stinky Joe for breaking brown wind during a freedom festival in public while talking about cleaning up greenhouse gases. Like methane. Alright, with all that being said, we are done for this week. Finito Auf Wiedersehen. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Abode Real Estate and Animus Wellbeing. Remember to mention this podcast and get a free consultation. Thanks to our special guests this week, Tommy Allen and Josh Dorsey. Uh, you can follow Tommy as he makes his quest for Teller County Commission seat. And also be sure to read Josh's newsletter on our social media pages, either on our Facebook page at This Week in the Bear Cave or The Gram. As always, we give thanks to our field producer and journalist, Azure Trevor Phipps, for contributing this week. Also, remember, if you have an event coming up or you want to become a sponsor of the show, just hit us up on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, or the Instagram page with the same name. You can also listen to our show on Podbean or just send us your hate mail to thisweekinteller at gmail.com. Yeah, I can take it. I'm by myself now. I'm a big boy. You know, if you dare, you can also vote for your favorite news of the weird and help us make that selection and see who gets done on the bear pile. Soon you'll be able to catch our episodes on YouTube and uh, we'll let you know when all that happens. We're kind of working on that uh, as our audience grows and we thank you for that. Our guest next week is going to be Vice President Obama Harris. We want to ask Mrs. Wokeness how many trees she has in her yard. Sorry, but uh, Hysteria Baldwin couldn't make it into the barricade because she got an offer from Good Morning America to talk about her suffering. Oh, woe is me. Anyway, thanks again for listening and staying awake, but most of all, we want to thank you for spending some time with us. So until next week, be well. Sweet dreams, Sam and Max. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Anna's Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity. 